1: This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitWeek.com.
0: And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You
1: worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with
2: the Washington Times. This
1: is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez.
2: What's up, New York? What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. This is a special live version of This Is America right here from Midtown Manhattan at the world-famous talk radio, 77 WABC. I want to invite you to give us a call. We're talking about all of the major headlines today. Our phone number is 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And if you pay attention to the media, you'll hear that everything's in crisis. Right now, we've got crises galore. Crises, I should say. We've got the coronavirus wreaking havoc. We've got the constitutionality of certain ballots and votes wreaking havoc. A lot going on. What I want to talk about right now, specifically right now, is a tweet that went out earlier from the President of the United States wishing America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani well. I want to wish him well as well. We have not heard uh, anything, any other details about the tweet wishing the mayor well. But of course, we always wish him well. So, Get well soon, sir. Now, speaking of coronavirus, CVS has decided to open up a series or a chain or a group of pharmacies in Long Island, in New York, called... Let's see what they're called. <laughs> this is a ph- CVS Pharmacy Imas. Thanks for putting up with that. Yeah, CVS Pharmacy Imas. This is... Um, The pharmacies attempt to reach more Hispanic, Latino, minority neighborhoods with additional pharmacies. Now, this was one of the main pieces of criticism that came at the Trump administration when he announced Operation Warp Speed. Operation Warp Speed, I thought, was genius, to, to say the least, because... Everybody, including Dr. Fauci, and if you listen to this program or if you listen to my uh, Monday through Friday show on Talk Radio 107.1 FM, our sister station that goes all the way out into eastern Long Island, I've talked about it before and I've played the audio of Dr. Fauci and others uh, in the media and even, you know, your your occasional left winger that would say that this is no different than a a miracle. It's amazing. This is a huge accomplishment that, in fact— Warp speed actually happened, that we were able to get a coronavirus vaccine that quickly. But it happened. And we have to give kudos to Trump for that, of course. But many of them will challenge that. And I think it's remarkable because they continue to double down on saying, no, 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 we definitely cannot give the credit to President Trump. So I want you to listen to Vice President Biden Vice President Biden had a, a few remarks regarding Operation Warp Speed and he wanted to uh, trash the president in the process. Listen to this.
1: Operation Warp Speed um, seems to have been a
3: big success to get the vaccine going. I know there's a lot to criticize about how President Trump handled uh, the crisis of the pandemic, but do you give him credit for Operation Warp, Warp Speed?
4: Well, yeah, I look, the fact we got the vaccine is a good idea, but the, I mean, it's important, critically important. But as you know, Jake, one of the vaccines requires two shots, one one shot. And the fact is that it's one thing to get the vaccine delivered in cases, some frozen, some not. And another thing to get the vaccine to move from the case to a vaccination in someone's arm. That's the really complicated piece. When I met with the Republican and Democratic governors and mayors, they said, we need help on how to do that. One was certain they were able to do it in their state. Just get me the vaccine. I can do it. But it's an incredibly expensive proposition.
2: You're right. It's definitely one of those things where Biden is trying to say that Trump couldn't get he didn't pull it off. He didn't do it the right way that he wasn't going to be able to reach everybody. Listen, Trump could do anything, including finding a vaccine or helping to expedite the vaccine for coronavirus. And lo and behold, they will find criticism. They will find a way to critique him. So I want to open up the phone lines. I want your opinions on this. Uh, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Scott in Miami. What's on your mind, Scott?
5: Yes, uh, good afternoon, Mr. Valdez. I want to say that this vaccine is a crock. Speaking for myself...
2: Now You've taken the vaccine, I suppose. Absolutely not. Oh, no? How could you call it a crock if you haven't taken it, Scott?
5: Because anything that Big Brother demands, uh, I will not do. I will I will disobey. Uh, I don't think they're
2: demanding it just yet. And I'm, not, I'm no defender of vaccines. I'm probably in the same camp as you when it comes to vaccines. I probably don't want to take it. But I'm just saying, how do you know it's a crock? Are you saying, I think it's a crock because?
5: Let me give you an analogy. In the 1950s, 60s, the John Birch Society didn't, didn't want fluoride in water because they thought it was a communist conspiracy. I'm not saying as far as that, but it's. It, 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 the analogy is I will not take a vaccine that I strongly believe that this this so-called COVID was deliberately uh, inflicted on us so it would cripple and destroy the American economy and destroy Americans' way of life. And then then the next thing they'll want us is is, is digital currency and take the mark of the beast. I don't trust the government
2: as far as I would throw it. Okay, Scott. Thanks. I mean, that was way off from coronavirus, but... We will try and uh, break that apart. So, I mean, there's a lot in there. I, I've been hearing several of these conspiracy theories for a very, very long time. And my thoughts are varied. They're across the board. But with respect to this coronavirus vaccine, I think there are, I would bet and I would venture that the majority of people that are in touch with people, like, you know, doctors, nurses, these people, uh, especially the scientists, at least the scientists that I've spoken with. I spoke with, uh, had him on my show, This Is America, the podcast. The doctor that was in charge of Dr. Fauci in the previous administration and the previous two in the two previous administrations. And he told me he would be first in line to take the vaccine. And he's a scientist. So my thoughts on that are I don't want to, I don't want to take one. If they told me my kids have to take them, I'd probably take my kids out of school. But. I think there's a lot of doctors and a lot of nurses and a lot of frontline people, maybe even people that drive the trains because they were dropping like flies. And, you know, God bless them. I didn't mean to be insensitive there. But they, they bore the brunt of that, the MTA workers, during the height of the coronavirus uh, outbreak here in New York City, which I blame on essential and the Cuomo, even though he decides to blame it on uh, the president, Donaldus Magnus, Donald J. Trump, El Trompito. So I think. There's going to be people on both sides of this issue, and me personally, I I could do without the vaccine, but I do think it's going to sell out. Everybody's fearful right now. I think there's a lot of demagoguery and fear-mongery going on with respect to, oh, they're going to make you take it. They're going to – and you you may be right, right? There are ways that the government has to do things like this. One of the ways that the government does those things is – and not even the government, everybody. There's a lot of people that can try and strong-arm you and take away things that matter to you without forcing you, but kind of squeezing you out and cornering you so that you're like, all right, I give up. I got to take it. But I I said I would get to your calls, and I I plan to. Let's go to uh, Michelangelo. Michelangelo in Queens, what's going on, man?
5: How's it going?
2: Great. What's on your mind?
5: Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, the president was an elderly man, uh, was basically healed in about three, four days, up and running with a, a cocktail of eight ingredients, and nobody's talking about it. We're all going towards the
2: big pharma vaccine that we have no idea what's in it. Uh, we know that there's M, it's an mRNA vaccine. You should really research what's in that. It's a DNA-changing
5: potion. And uh, I'd like to know why we're not talking about what healed the president. I'd like to, to, to keep that option open.
2: Yeah, I agree with you there. No no argument from me. I think we should definitely talk about every option that's available, every option that's on the table, especially the, um, the Regeneron and that therapy with the uh, transfusions and whatnot. That was experimental, and I think that's why it's it's not FDA approved or whatever it is, and uh, I think that's part of the reason why it's just not readily available. But I applaud the president because he's the one that signed, or you know, he signed the Right to Try Act into law and pushed it through Congress. You know, had his allies in Congress put it out there and got it through, and and I think that's huge for people who are, you know, potentially facing something that's lethal, to try something that may not be approved because, hey, what the hell? What have you got to lose? Let's go to um, Ted, Ted in Forest Hills. What's on your mind, brother? Thanks. I'd like to know,
5: please, God, can the
2: Democrats
5: ever say anything without lying?
2: You know, that's a good question. It's one that I ask myself pretty regularly. But what are you talking about specifically? The Russians won World War II.
5: What about Korea? What about Vietnam? They started it. It was won. They lost it. All right. The few the few in the Middle East, well, the Middle East seems to be at rest because of Trump. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, of- I'm
2: going to go back to coronavirus. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate it. Let's go to Paul in Springfield, New Jersey. Paul, what's on your mind, brother?
5: Hey, hello, uh, Mr. Valdez. How are you Good. today? Good. Thank you. Or uh, tonight? Well, um, I believe that the virus the vaccine is a real vaccine. It's a vaccine that will at least I know that the pharmaceutical companies are saying it's ninety five percent correct, but that might be a little bit uh a little premature. Anyway, um I believe that the last call that caller who said that the the virus um, could be combated in a different way. Is probably the best way to go about it, and it's probably better to go for the cure rather than the prevention. Uh, I think we've made uh, great strides in that, and I believe that we can, uh, our medical our community, right. community, would be able to do it if our pharmaceutical, if the pharmaceutical companies would allow them. The, the privilege to go about it that way
2: all right well thank you for your thoughts and we're going to continue with the what's your beef segment so give us a call at one 800 848 but first a quick word from our sponsor
0: find your next truck at woodhouse buick gmc no matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling there's a premium and capable gmc truck that's perfect for you make a statement on the job site
2: All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's still me, Rich Valdez. I'm here, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, also known as El Conservador. Every now and again, Curtis Lee will refer to me as the voice of Hispanic conservatism here in America. And But I like to think myself as, um, you know, one of you. Born in New York, live in Jersey. I do what you do, right? Put on my pants one leg at a time, and I also get cranky. If I sound cranky today, I'm a little cranky today. I'm going to tell you why. Because... There's a wonderful sponsor here at This Is America, and our wonderful sponsor makes wonderful pizza. However, there were pie after pie after pie for a meeting this week, and you know who wasn't at that meeting? That's right, me, El Conservador. (laughs) I was not at the meeting. I I had to leave early, and I wanted to get into the fight over the last grandma slice, and I couldn't because other people were enjoying the grandma slice. And, of course, I'm talking about the best slice of pizza here in New York City. Everybody wants to look for that slice of pizza, the best pizza. Who doesn't love a good pizza? Really? Well, I'm here to tell you, my pick, my friends, Kenny and Phil, over at Bravo Pizza, 107 West 37th Street, 107 West 37th Street, right here, smack in the middle of Midtown. Their pizza's incredible. You're talking about authentic Old-fashioned, traditional-style pizza. Hot and delicious. And they'll even deliver it right to your door. I love that grandma slice. You've got to try it. Seriously. And there's no place that's better. So, I want you guys to know, if you're a foodie like me, you want the best. This is the best. It's a hidden gem here in New York City. Bravo Pizza. By far, the best slice of pizza. And they deliver all over the city. They have locations in Queens as well. Now, we're getting close to Hanukkah. So if you're Jewish and you want something kosher, Bravo Pizzas kosher. I know you won't believe it, but it's still delicious. It's actually in my opinion, I like the kosher slice better than the uh, the regular slice. So go check them out. It's an amazing team, canny fill the whole team. Bravo Pizza, 107 West 37th Street, or give them a call, 212-268-4469. 212-268-4469. Or go to bravokosherpizza.com. bravokosherpizza.com. Once you try it, I think you're going to agree with me that it's the best slice in the city. Now, speaking of going out to eat, some of my friends happen to be young Republicans, and they went out to eat. I know they didn't go to Bravo Pizza. They, they had a gala. And actually, this is the 108th gala of this group, the New York City Young Republican Club. And what I thought was interesting was that they got chased out by an Italian fascist. I don't know if that's appropriate to say, but no, I'm not talking about Benito Mussolini. I am talking about essential Andy Cuomo, who chased him out and was threatening to use the state police and the marshals and like what he did to, to the guys in, in Mac's public house on Staten Island. He wants to shut people down in the name of coronavirus. Everything is going to happen in the name of coronavirus. Your liberty is gone in the name of coronavirus. No more freedom for you. You are bad man Jerry in the name of coronavirus. However, these guys got swift and they said, you know, what? we're going to do it in Jersey. And we're going to follow the social distancing guidelines. But what was messed up in this story is this. They went to a very nice restaurant, Jersey City, probably waterfront view, all that stuff. And they followed the rules. They wore masks as they were, you know, going to and from their tables and whatnot, whatever the New Jersey rule is once you're inside the restaurant. They wore them going into the restaurant. They wore them exiting the restaurant. But Governor Murphy wanted to take political shots at Congressman Matt Gates from Florida, who was the guest speaker, along with uh, my buddy James O'Keefe. So, of course, he takes those cheap shots on Twitter and goes after them, saying that, you know, they're irresponsible, they're this and they're that. And he even went as far as shutting down the restaurant. And I think to myself, how unfair is that? I mean, we, we look at that, and not seconds later, or a day later, an hour later, the former first daughter, Sasha Obama. And I'm not into talking about anybody's kids. I have a daughter her age. I'm not beating her up. But there's pictures of her on the internet, you know, doing a dance, promoting some cool hip-hop music. I'm a hip-hop head from back in the day. I like that type of thing. But why is it, like, celebrated that her and a bunch of her friends are in all close proximity with no mask, and that's okay? But if a bunch of young Republicans do it, it's not okay. This is what I want to know. I really, really want to know why. Why is that appropriate? Is it because her dad was once president or because, like me, she's brown, and these guys, some of them weren't? Because, I mean, the young Republicans are very diverse. I think I know the answer, but I play dumb. They do it because they're Republicans. They do it because they don't agree with them politically. They do it because Cuomo's a fascist, and he called his fascist friend Governor Phil Murphy to drop the hammer on a bunch of 20-something-year-olds trying to celebrate the independence of thought that they have being a minority in political opinion here in New York City, the young Republicans. I think both Governor Murphy and Governor Cuomo should both be not just a little bit ashamed of themselves, extremely ashamed of themselves. And I give lots of kudos to the young Republicans for doing the right thing. Yes, I said that, doing the right thing. They celebrated their gala. They kept their tradition going. They followed the rules. They followed the guidelines. They followed the science. With that, I want to know what your beef is. Uh, Let me know what you think about that. Let's go to the phones, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Uh, Let's go to John in Port Washington. What's up? You're on with Rich Valdez.
5: Yeah, hi. You know, I wanted to talk today with you about the lead editorial in the New York Times today. uh, Well, I
2: haven't had a chance to read it, so I appreciate your call. Let's go to Jack in Brooklyn. Jack, what's going on?
1: Yes, hello, good morning, good afternoon, and maybe good night. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Mr. Valdez, I see you're quite an open person, willing to listen and learn. I'd like you to know something that might be interesting to you and to the public and to the world and to the planet. What's on your mind? I, I have a recipe. I call it a recipe instead of a protocol, but it's a recipe for how to kill the coronavirus.
2: Does it involve it's, anything it's an weird op- like ingesting bleach? God forbid!
1: God all right, forbid. perfect. All right, let's hear it.
2: What do you got, Jack? <laughs> no, it's
1: steam. It's all it is is water vapor. Huh? So you're vaping? To, yes.
2: Now, are you old enough to do that, sir? Your parents I am know about this. I'm
1: 83 years of age. All right, young man, you're clear, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, I, and I've caught it many, many times, the the, the the corona, and I've killed it every time. Wow. I would say about 17 times, although it's very, people are not going to believe it. You know, oh, how could you do that? Have you been Were you
2: tested each time?
1: Well, I have a way of testing it myself. I use something called the pendulum, oh. and it's something that's a little esoteric, but it's been around for thousands of years, and what's interesting that there are, 2,500 physicians in France that use this for their diagnostic tool. And I've been doing it for the last well, eight. years. Well, help years us now. out
2: since we don't know about it. You take a pendulum, and what do you do? You put it over your wrist, over your head, over a specific part of your body, and how do you know specifically it's diagnosing coronavirus?
1: My hand, and I ask the question, does this, do I have a coronavirus? And it'll tell me yes, it'll tell me no. In wow. other words, if it swings Clockwise, it tells it. me yes.
2: All right. Well, it's definitely swinging in, in one way or another. <laughs> I think this is pretty off the charts. But thank you, Jack. I appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Let's go to Doc in Brooklyn. Doc, what's on your mind? Yes, Rich, how are you doing? I'm doing great, brother. What's up? Uh, okay, first is the pizza. The best pizza in New York City is Phil's down there. Well, Phil, yeah. Phil is Kenny's partner. And Kenny and Phil make the best slice in New York at Bravo Pizza. I thank you for letting us know and reiterating that Bravo Pizza is the best slice in town, because it is. I mean, hands down, it's definitely the best. And I wanted to get a piece before I got here today. And again, I was stuck in traffic, couldn't find parking. I had to get to the studio at a certain time, so I wasn't able to stop by Bravo Pizza. But I definitely will, maybe even on the way home. And if I do, I'll try and take a selfie while I'm there and put it on my social media, at Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S. And if you can, give me a follow, at Rich Valdez, because that's one of those things that we can do to stay in touch when I'm not on the air. And, of course, you guys know I am on the air Monday through Friday on the sister station to Talk Radio 77 WABC, known as Talk Radio 1071 FM, that reaches all the way out to the east end of Long Island. And you can stream that right from the 77 WABC website at wabcradio.com, as well as uh, finding out the latest news and headlines we have a tremendous team that does a lot of great work at keeping the website up to speed with the latest headlines, all of the great news. Um, My good friend Lydia Serrani, she puts a lot of reports up there. She does lots of great stuff, and you can hear her reports. And, of course, she follows me on the air here today, so make sure you keep it locked right here for her uh, as she follows this program. But we're not close to being done yet. We've got a lot more to go. We're going to continue our discussion about Sasha Obama making headlines for her little nifty dance sequence, that she posted on TikTok on Wednesday and then quickly uh, took it down because obviously she was going to get herself or perhaps her uh, presidential parents into some drama. And it's, you know, again, she's doing a dance. She's showing off her her cool nails. And like any teenager would, you know, my criticism's not for her. It's really for the media. My criticism is for the media because they're afraid to call things like they are. So... That's what they really need to do is leave her out of it, leave all of them out of it for that matter, leave the young Republicans out of it, leave Sasha Obama out of it. Nobody needs to hear, you know, what these kids are doing when they're hanging out and comparing acrylic nails or flossing to the latest dance on TikTok or celebrating conservatism. At their report, at their, excuse me, at their annual gala. Either way, keep it locked right there. I'm rambling. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. You're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. Again, keep it locked. I got more to come. We're going to talk about ballots and more. 800-848-WABC.
5: Mr. Call Screener,
2: who is a budding radio star, by the way, Richie Valdez
6: is terrific.
2: All right, America, welcome back, New York. Thank you, Mark Levin, for those kind words. Our telephone number, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We have literally, at least based on the uh, electoral count, half of America's voters that are in bed with one party and the other half that are in bed with the other. What's more interesting is there's polls out there that are saying that even – 30% of the Democrats believe that there was some fraud or malfeasance that happened in the current election. Now, that's surprising, but it's not super surprising. What I think is even more surprising is that Georgia's DeKalb County officials don't know if they're in possession of the ballot transfer forms used to record the chain of custody for absentee ballots that were dropped into approximately 300 drop boxes around the state. So that means they put these drop boxes around the state so that you don't have to go to a central location to vote, be indoors, anything like that. People go, they put their ballot in there, it's locked, it's supposed to be secure and protected. Somebody comes and picks them up to go and have them counted. And when that person comes and picks them up and goes to count them, they don't have the form saying, oh, but so-and-so picked them up. And he picked them up from here and he brought them to this facility and they brought them here and they moved them there. Nobody knows the chain of custody on these ballots. Now, I look at this and I think, are you kidding me? Is this a joke? It's a presidential election in a red state. But you've got these clowns that are running the show. And now when they get critiqued, they turn against Trump. So I want to know your thoughts on that stuff. But I want you to hear a little bit of what President Trump played at, at a rally he did yesterday in Georgia, for the audience to hear is a news report from One American News, and it talks about lots of things. And we're going to get back to this and your calls as well. But I want you to listen to this report from One American News. Check this out.
3: Evidence of election fraud mounts as the mainstream media and Democrats loudly insist Joe Biden is still the 2020 winner. However, numerous whistleblowers are coming forward with credible information that hundreds of thousands of votes for President Trump mysteriously disappeared on election night. On Tuesday, Jesse Morgan, a worker for the U.S. Postal Service, revealed that his trailer full of ballots simply went missing after he dropped them off. The worker drove his truck from Bethpage, New York, all the way to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and says he was carrying some 288,000 completed mail-in ballots. Phil Klein, the director of the legal group Thomas Moore's Society Amistad Project, says they have many more testimonies from whistleblowers with similar stories. The project is working to discover flaws and even expose cases of voting fraud in the 2020 election and has already uncovered serious examples of voting irregularities. Backing up President Trump's warnings, Klein explains that the post office was rife with fraud and that many postal service workers were taking part in widespread illegal efforts to undermine the election.
2: So, that's just the beginning of that. There's another piece of that report that I want to play for you, but I want to ro- remind you guys that the phone lines are open, and I've got a few people in there, Doc and Saul and Izzy, and we're going to try and get to everybody, but there's still a couple of lines open, and I want to hear your opinion on this, this report and on what Trump had to say yesterday at the rally. So that's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. The One America report continues. Listen to the second part.
3: While the missing truck full of ballots is bad enough, other whistleblowers say they drove thousands of pre-filled ballots right over state lines, which is a federal crime. A subcontractor for the post office, Nathan Pease, said that he was told by two separate postal workers that the post office in Wisconsin had collected and backdated over 100,000 ballots on the morning after the election. Unsurprisingly, others also claimed the integrity of Dominion voting machines has been compromised and cannot be trusted. During a press conference in Arlington, Virginia on Tuesday, the project explained that election officials in blue jurisdictions have failed to maintain the ballot chain of custody, which leaves the door wide open for voting fraud. The project said it has photographic evidence of people improperly accessing voting machines and eyewitness accounts on how the seals on ballot hard drives were illegally tampered with and broken. Klein says that in total, there are over 300,000 fraudulent ballots in Arizona, 548,000 in Michigan, 204,000 in Georgia, and 121,000 in Pennsylvania. Based on this evidence, the FBI has reportedly requested to look at the project's data on voting integrity and potential election fraud.
2: Okay, so you heard a lot right there. I mean, you heard about uh, USPS contractors, trucks driving around, ballots driving around, crossing state lines with ballots, the FBI requesting information from the Amistad project, so many things. And I want to bring back Doc. He was on the phone with us before, but we had to go to the break. And Doc had some thoughts about President Trump's company. Doc in Brooklyn, you're back. What's your beef, brother? Yes.
4: Once again, listen, Uh, voter fraud, right? WBLS Shayla, two weeks before November 3rd, she was speaking to post office workers up here in Harlem. And she told them, whatever you have to do to beat Trump, do it for the people. Mm-hmm. You understand that, yeah. Workers agreed with her, whatever they have to do. Now, this is the post office. She be speaking to some other black women, right now. I am. Yeah, a well, black let's pause st- it
2: real quick. Hold on, and I appreciate that. I just so you are saying you are listening to some other radio station. You are listening to somebody talking to postal workers, encouraging them and saying, "Listen, do whatever you have to do to beat Trump." Is that right?
4: That's right. Shayla is what you what you do. The work that you do, she does the same thing. She's a dish jockey, right? On WBLs, she told the post office workers. Now you can easily obtain that information because they record everything.
2: Sure. On well, the I mean, radio. it doesn't surprise me. I think a lot of these people do the same thing. Uh, the people that are out to get Trump, they they've kind of abandoned the truth. They've abandoned the law. They they'll pretty much do anything in the name of coronavirus, and they'll do anything to beat Donald Trump.
4: Rich, let me say this right quick. You got a lot of weak Republicans who's not following up on things like this. Mm -hmm. You understand this? You got a lot of weak Republicans just sitting back in power, right, that don't want to come and fight with these things, what they're doing against Donald Trump. You you know something?
2: You're hitting the nail right on the head. Doc, I think you're 100% right. And you know what? I want to talk about that for a second. You're right. There's a lot of weak Republicans that are not coming to Trump's defense. And you got to think to yourself, one argument that they're going to make is, well, listen, I might be a Republican, but I'm not going to sit here and support uh, this type of uh, rattling of our democracy. I say to that, you're a pendejo if you think like that. You're not rattling democracy or whatever it is that they're saying, these guys that are being spineless. I'm going to tell you what this is. This is a hustle, Right. What happens when a drug dealer that's on the corner selling crack or whatever he sells gets robbed by another drug dealer? Does he run to the police?
4: Yeah, the FBI, the FBI come down on that black crack kid who's selling crack out there. Well, You would hope
2: he would, right? (laughs) We would hope that he would. But what I find is too many of these guys say, you know what, now we're going to take care of this ourselves. It's going to be street justice. And ultimately the reason why, and this has nothing to do with anything other than to make the picture that these guys in Washington are a bunch of gangsters and they're all making money off of the taxpayer dollar. Anybody that comes and threatens their gravy train, their ability to make money the way they do, they don't like it. And in this situation, it's Donald Trump. You agree? Yeah, I
4: agree. But stick with my man. Don't give
2: up on him. I'm not giving up on him. Now I'm with Trump. Listen, I think he won fair and square, and I think they're trying to take the election from him. And it's a shame if it actually happens. I do believe that we uh, as Americans are going to stick to the rule of law, that we're going to stick with the, with the Constitution. We're going to stick to doing what's right. Matter of fact, I have an article I want to share with you guys right at the uh, top of the next break. Supreme Court Justice um, Sam Alito, he had called for the government in Pennsylvania, the state, to make their argument for the case against the constitutionality of the mail-in ballots by Wednesday the 9th. And as of a couple of hours ago, he said, you know what, I want to hear it on Tuesday, leading me to believe he may want some time to have oral arguments in court, and maybe we might have some, uh, grab some popcorn, we might have a little show on our hands. So uh, maybe justice has not died in America, but Doc, I want to thank you for your call, I really appreciate it. And I'm going to I'm gonna pause right here so we can come back and go into that topic, and the rest of your calls, I see the the calls are coming in, Gracie, Izzy, Lisa, Jerry, Richie, I'm looking forward to speaking with everybody. Keep it locked right here, live, local And with me, Rich Valdez, Talk Radio 77, WABC.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today woodhouse buick gmc we are professional grade this is america
1: this is america he's brown he's bald and he's breaking it down this is america with rich valdez
2: What's up, New York? Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all of our social media. And I want to encourage you to go check out the social media. And of course, follow me at Rich Valdez if you can. And I want you to also subscribe to the podcast. I'm really excited about the podcast, of this program right here. This is America with Rich Valdez. Last week, we moved, we typically maintain a place in the top 200 of the Apple political podcast charts. And last week, we shot up into uh, the top 100, peaking at number 57 which I'm really proud of. So thank you all for making that happen. It means the world to me. We're going to continue with your calls, but I want you to hear some audio on what happened with one particular guy. Like I was just telling you about the DeKalb County officials losing the records with respect to the chain of custody. But it's not just in DeKalb County. Of course, we have the Fulton County elections chief, Richard Barron, who's on a Zoom call that was publicly available, and I we saw it on OAN News, and he literally admits, he speaks to the fact that people are responding to this video that broke on Friday of a woman or, and a man and several people rolling out these these suitcases from under a table after people were sent home because they said, oh, there was a water main break. It's been... Revealed that there was no water main break. Of course, this water main break was a leaky urinal, a leaky toilet that, you know, was just overflowing. It wasn't something you had to shut the building down for and stop counting votes for the election of the president of the United States. But that is what happened. And that's on video. And everybody leaves. The media leaves. And then a handful of people, I think it was four people, they start doing stuff, and it clearly appears that they take what looks to be a ballot from these boxes, other ballots, not the ones that were uh, readily available. They roll them out, they uncovered them, and then they start putting them into the machine one after the other, sometimes the same one multiple times. But listen to his response as he says, well, you know, these things sometimes they get heavy. He sounds like Cuomo, and the video is golden, and I'll tweet it out at Ridge Valdez so you can see it. But he's, he's literally like cracking his neck. He's sweating. He's putting his hand, face palming himself. You, he's visibly nervous. And you could probably audibly hear it as well. But let me not uh, steal the thunder. This is Fulton County election chief, Richard Barron. Check this out.
1: And the media did pack up and leave at 1115. But there weren't observers there um, at that time. And there was no announcement made for anyone to leave. I think there, there there's a... I, I don't know that they're, I think those, those ballot boxes get heavy. I don't think they want to be lifting those things up and putting them back down. I'll have to review, I, I need to review the video. I have not seen the video. Now, please
2: do. <laughs> so he's got to watch the video that the whole world is talking about right now. That, you know, of course, half of the world is saying, well, I mean, come on. You've got these suitcases under tables. That doesn't mean it's fraud. Well, but they they waited till 11 o'clock at night to do it and nobody was there and they faked a broken pipe of some sort. Well, well, no, no, listen, that's been debunked. I mean, it's been debunked. Everybody who's counting ballots always has a separate suitcase under the table hidden. Come on. Come on, man. And of course, I got her legs. So this is what he had to say with respect to that. And I think to myself, how dumb do you think the American people are? Well, I'll let you guys answer that in the next installment of our What's Your Beef segment, 800 848 9222, 800 848 WABC. And let's go to, hmm, let's go to Lisa Nutley. What's on your mind, Lisa?
1: Hey, Rich, listen, thank you for supporting our president, you and Mark and everybody. Um, thank you. But what I don't understand from the beginning is why were these drop boxes not put in or next to the police station?
5: where there could be a cop by the window when you walk in, like if you wanted to fill out a report or something, where it's on record and you could see people running in and out. I mean, it totally baffles me that they were just placed all over each town without any observation of 24-7. Well,
2: you know, I think it's equally as baffling. If you look at the massive push through litigation, not legislation, but litigation, people sued in order to get mail-in ballots readily available. they also And these people happen to be the same lawyers that were the lawyers for Hillary Clinton's campaign. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But they also decided part of, in the name of coronavirus, we're going to have to do away with signature verification. We're going to have to do away with mailing out the ballots on time. And something you mentioned, Mark Levin, something that Mark Levin mentioned was that, you know, as a voter in Pennsylvania, he, he grew up in Pennsylvania— you couldn't even get in to vote if you weren't on the line by 8 p.m. because they would kick you out, saying, no, you can't come at any hour you want. You have to be online at a certain time. Yet, with the mail-in ballots, they said, now, listen, if in the name of coronavirus, you can mail it two, three days after the fact. And then, of course, you had postmasters that were instructing their employees, saying, you know what, listen, if you can't get to them all in time, we're going to collect them all anyway, we'll backdate them. So now we're collecting ballots for, the, for Election Day uh, up to a week out. And I mean, that, that to me is laughable. But yet, just like so many big debates in American society, we, we're split on it, you know, just like and I don't I'm not inviting any calls on abortion. But I'll use abortion as a as a classic example of you have people saying, you know, we defend life and the other people saying we we defend choice. And they are two fundamentally different arguments. So you have some people who might say the Republican Party is destroying democracy. And you have other people saying Democrats are destroying our republic. And I agree with with the latter. I think Democrats are doing a horrible job, right? When you start taking away election safeguards, when you start taking away uh, and redefining everything, or as they like to say, reimagining, when you start to reimagine absolutely everything that was once normal, you have to stop and ask yourself, which side am I choosing? Whose side am I on? Am I a traditionalist or am I going to be one of these neo-whatevers? You know, neo-progressive, neo Neo Marxist, neo whatever. One of these new age thinkers that's going to toss tradition to the wind and start to adhere to this new thought. I'm not sure. But let's go to Richie and Canarsie. Richie, what's on your mind?
6: Yes. How are you doing, Mr. Valdez? Wonderful. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm from uh, Curtis Fleetwood's neighborhood. Well, you know, for a little
2: while as a kid growing up, before I moved to Jersey, we used to live in Midwood, Ocean Avenue, corner of Avenue M. And we moved to Canarsie, not far from South Shore High School off Flatlands Avenue. Uh, matter of fact, there was two different places. that We moved to one same landlord and uh, we moved from one apartment to a bigger one. One was on 84th Street off of Flatlands. The other one was on 87th.
6: Now, this issue with the uh, uh, mail-in ballots I, 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 ballots, I don't see how they, they, they never organized it like that. Your caller before me, she said that they should have dark drop boxes by the police stations there, there are lots of ways with the securities uh these mail-in ballots i mean if mail-in ballots are a mandatory must there's there's lots of ways how to secure it where you have a chain of custody now this guy who who uh who uh, got his his he delivered uh a ton of mail from long island in new jersey he got his truck stolen or whatever
2: this is, this is ridiculous. This I agree with you that this out? is ridiculous. This is part of the problem. I mean, this is a, a serious, serious issue. We don't know what the heck is going on. And when you ask people, you know, w- what's going on with this and what's going on with that, and people are pointing out these irregularities. And these aren't just first-time people pointing these things out. I mean, you have witnesses, witnesses that point this stuff out. And I want to go to the, the witness we have, Miss Caramo. Uh, Is that cut five or whatever you want to call it? Let's call it. I want you to listen to this with respect to ballot fraud. Check it out. The
7: poll worker then said, I think I'm going to give it to the Democrats. That's absolutely absurd. That is illegal. The vote should have been tossed out. At that moment, I said, absolutely not. I'm going to challenge this. So I go get her supervisor. I ask him, he says to the girl, what do you think? It was disgusting. I was enraged and I simply asked a question. I said, well. Why not give it to the Republicans instead of the Democrats? Hang on right there. So just to set the
2: stage here, so th- this woman, Ms. Caramo, she's a poll watcher, a challenger. She's there to challenge ballots that may be counted the wrong way. And she's explaining that in years past of her experience, if somebody has uh, a vote in this situation, they'd voted for the Green Party and for for Biden. And typically, she said the rule is you throw it out. You disqualify the ballot. But no, in this situation, they said, oh, no, no, we're just going to give it to Biden. And she said, why would we just do that? So she said she wanted to test to see how they did on another ballot where it was unclear. And again, it went to Biden. And she was saying, well, that just isn't right. So let's take it from the top so that the context is fully there. I want you to listen to her.
7: uh, Give her testimony. This was in the hearing. Check this out. The poll worker then said, I think I'm going to give it to the Democrats. That's absolutely absurd. That is illegal. The vote should have been tossed out. At that moment, I said, absolutely not. I'm going to challenge this. So I go get her supervisor. I ask him. He says to the girl, what do you think? It was disgusting. I was enraged. And I simply asked a question. I said, well, why not give it to the Republicans instead of the Democrats? The gentleman began screaming at me, began yelling at me, began telling me that I had no right to talk to her. And he told her to push the ballot through. And prior to that, that same poll worker, a ballot came across the adjudication screen where this voter had voted for Joe Biden and the Green Party presidential candidate. And she gave the vote to Joe Biden.
2: Well, there you have it. I mean, again, I'm not making this stuff up. These are people that are there under penalty of perjury. And I I think people hear that so often that they're like, who cares? People perjure themselves all the time. I would bet that that's not the case. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think everybody's going out and perjuring themselves. If they are, man, we're in trouble. Because at what's worth anything anymore? If people's, you know, uh, sworn testimony isn't worth anything, what do we have left? We have to rely on video for everything. Our system of law comes from English common law. It predates the camera by hundreds and hundreds of years we didn't always go, oh, let's take it to the tape. I mean, now in this situation, we actually have some tape, and we have all this testimony, but just think of that for a second. Let it sink in. that We didn't always have forensic um, abilities. And speaking of forensic, I don't have the audio right now, but just a little while ago, actually, while I was driving into to the studio today, Jenna Ellis, the co-counsel there with Rudy Giuliani, she was uh, really excited on... Fox News this morning explaining that the forensic team was going to be going into one of the voting districts and was going to have access to bring their forensic team in to examine 22 Dominion voting machines. I don't touch the Dominion stuff too much because, honestly, I just don't know enough about it. I'm not a very technological kind of guy. But as we get more information on that, we'll bring it to you. And, of course, I want you to keep it locked right here because up next we've got Lydia Sarani with the rundown. So make sure you listen to that. But until next week, I want to thank Brian and Gracie and Izzy and Jerry and Frank and everybody that's been hanging on. Uh, I promise to get you, you guys next week. Until then, I am Rich Valdez. This is Talk Radio 77 WABC.